0: Hello and welcome back to Up The Villa podcast. If you're new to our channel, subscribe, drop this video a like and get involved in everything that we discuss on this episode. So thanks everybody that watched all of last week's content. We had loads of different content that came out. Uh, The fan cams were back. Transfer Hub is now up and running as well. We did another football phoning, so the content is there and we're just plowing through it now. Uh, We're doing what we do best. So up next for Aston Villa is Spurs away on Sunday at 2 o'clock. Another another tough game, Um, but glad I'm joined by Josh and Justin. How are you
1: both? All right, mate. Yeah, not not bad.
0: Good stuff. I had a beauty of a Christmas present. And I just want to—I just want to show everyone what I had for Christmas. So it was off my mom, massive fan of the channel. I had this little bad boy, mm. little beauty. So I'm Fair gonna enough. get it framed, um, and I'm gonna stick that on the wall. So, of you there, have anything, Did you have anything Christmas-wise? I mean, Justin, you can't get much more. But, <laughs> John, did you have anything?
2: Um, I got uh, yeah, a few bits and bobs. I got um, a re- uh, the nineteen. 88 retro villa strip um uh, my partner bought me that and uh my sister bought me uh the villa castore um training um three-quarter zip which by the way it's good quality really i've been really impressed with the um castore make and the clothing so yeah, no, I've, I've liked that. Um, and the in laws bought me a Swansea top. <laughs> I'm just gonna throw that one out there. I <laughs> know, oh, trying to convert me because they're Welsh. So, just to eyebrows. my there, not
1: happy, is it? Not happy with that, mate. Not no, happy that. that grants for divorce. Deep. That is <laughs> that's yeah. just not good enough. Not oh, good I've enough. I've got this to do later.
0: <laughs> oh, Lego,
1: nice sir. bit of Lego what? to do later. Like that. Like that. Go in the bar, yeah, big fan.
0: So, as we have a vast amount of comments every single episode goes off like a fan forum, I've been reading them all. Bit of a mixed bag after Liverpool, I must say so myself. Um, it was, there was positivity, negativity, bit of everything really. Um, so, I haven't really caught either of your thoughts post-Liverpool. So, Josh, I know you did your watch along on your channel. What did you make of it? How are you feeling now?
2: Um, yeah, people definitely see my game of football very differently to how I watched that game. Um, look, I know this channel has always been about positivity and sometimes people come and go, oh, come on, you've got to be realistic. Um, I, I genuinely believe the realist in me saw some incredible signs again against Liverpool. I think people forget that, that back four they played with the goalkeeper, back five, You've got to forget how um, pivotal they were to win the title to the, to the European success that they've had. Um, and for me, I keep comparing it, And I said this to you, Luke, over private message. I keep comparing us to where we were with Gerard in possession to where we are now with Unai Emery in possession. And we are a completely different team. We are cutting teams open a lot more easier. We're playing through the thirds. There's a lot more bravery. And, and the bottom line is every Villa fan knows that we missed big chances um against liverpool um defensively we pushed higher up it showed a little bit of weakness against you know the pace the, the vulnerability of concert being able to run the other way um but i i am a little bit exasperated with some of the, the the negative comments that are coming out saying that half the squad needs ripping up it it doesn't it really doesn't i think i think you got it. Uh, i think as a fan base We've got to realise that we've got an incredible manager who's only had four, am I right in saying four Premier League games? Well, actually, was it three Premier really? League games?
1: No, three. Three and so five friendlies yeah.
2: Three Premier League games, right, to put his stamp on a philosophy. And I'll go back to this. None of us could sit here and tell you what Gerard's philosophy was, right? No one could tell you what the Aston Villa style of play is. I'm confident and be able to say with my chest, I know what Unai M is going to do. And I feel like, and a Liverpool fan questioned me and said, yeah, but when teams start working out that you're a four-four-two counter-attacking team, you're going to get found out. Can you mix it up? Well, for me, the second half of that Liverpool game was where we showed we were able to mix it up because I think instead of sitting back and counter-attacking, we said this is what we can do with the ball. So I, I'm really passionate about the fact that we shouldn't over um, complicate things at Aston Villa, and we shouldn't, as a fan base, pull out all these negatives and looking at the, the whole squad needs ripping up. Give this elite. Level manager, an elite level coach, time to take players from here to there because it's going to happen. Um So yeah, passionate rant for me, but that's how I feel at the moment.
1: I, I like it. I like it, Justin. Yeah, I echo what Josh says. I think um we were there, obviously, and and, and it, although it feels frustrating to lose, and I was frustrated in the, the game. I think I was frustrated because I saw the chances that we created, and you know, things could have gone very differently. And like Josh says again, you know, we're eight games in three three Premier League games and five friendlies. That's all he's had, you know, and about a month to work with them. So, if anything, this post um, World Cup sort of fixtures, it, it, it's going to be a bit of a settling down period for him and the team, really. You know, they've all got one eye on January. I'm sure all the players are thinking, right, what's coming next? You know, how. He's my place under threat. You know, am I, am I going to be replaced? Is he going to look at replacing the defender and midfielder a forward? So, you know, you've got that to contend with. And at 2-1, again, I agree with Josh. He's a good point the second half. You know, we've got a manager that that, that changes things and affects the game. And I was surprised we never made any substitutions. But, but I wasn't surprised that we came out and we played much better because we've got a manager that, that won't be you know, he won't let his, his emotions get hold of him. He's, he's got him in at half time and he's, he's seen what's not working and he's, and he's addressed it and he took centre out, And we were the better team for 15 minutes. We had our best spell when we scored. And at 2-1, as we all know, there was point, I, I said to the, to the person sitting next to me, I would rather lose 3-1 going for it and trying to get something out of the game yeah. than just sitting back and, and getting picked off anyway. And I think we did, that's, more or less what happened really. Unfortunate that we conceded when we did because it sort of killed the game. I think if we could have held on another five minutes and had a real go at them at the end, I think his idea was to throw, you know, two or three subs on with 10 minutes to go at 2-1, hopefully, and try and and nick something out of the game, which I think we would have been capable of doing. But it didn't go for us on the day, you know, they they hit us on a bit of a break and and the young kid comes off the bench and nicks a goal and it's 3-1 and you know, it felt a bit flat, but I think on reflection and and looking at it, you know, with sort of fresh eyes, if you like, two or three days after, it's an incredibly tough start to our uh, uh, you know return to Premier League, isn't it? Liverpool at home, Spurs away, two of the big hitters now in the Premier League, and we are in the infancy of a new manager who's trying to get his his thoughts over. So I'm not certainly not getting carried away. The two wins before the break helped massively positional-wise and points-wise, so if we can go to Spurs, we'll come to a bit and get a positive result there, then we've got, you know, 10 games where we've only got a couple of the teams in the top four to play after that, so, you know, with maybe one or two additions and a bit of a rejigger for the squad, players out and in, I'm very confident we can have a good end to the season and a cup run, hopefully.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I've been watching a bit of YouTube, different YouTubers that are watching, they were all waxing lyrical of how good of a game it was and how good both teams did. So I think, you know, I was a bit frustrated, frustrated with reaction. But then the next day I thought about things and I thought about how we can get better on the next game and and develop over a course of a few games and and try and get a bit more confidence. And I I came away thinking, yeah, there's, there's players that did well and players that, come under so much criticism, such as McGinn. I thought McGinn was good. I thought McGinn played yeah. quite well. I thought Watkins was decent as well. So some of the players that have sort of come under a bit of flack actually played quite well in this system to start with. So um, my next sort of point that I wanted to go on, and I want to ask Josh's question, is areas to improve. But um, I've just rustled up a little, little thing before, um, I went on air because I just thought, let's have another little look at this. So we've got here um, the goals and assists from the Villa players this season. Um, so we've got Ollie Watkins on six, Ings on five, Bailey on five, Ramsey on four, uh, Louise on four. And then when I delved a little bit deeper into missed chances, uh, where are we with the missed ones? Um, Big chances missed. We've got Ollie Watkins on nine, McGinn on two, Ings on two, Bailey on two. And then we, if we have a look at assists. Now, this is where I feel like we need to improve drastically. Dougie Louise on three, Watkins on three, Ramsey on two and Bailey on two. So, you know, I'm sort of looking at that and I'm, I'm looking at like, Buendia a bit and I don't know why and I think I'll tell you why I'm looking at Buendia a little bit now and it's because I want every Villa player that plays for Aston Villa to do really well I want every Villa player that plays for Villa now to do well and still play for Aston Villa but with that now comes a willingness for them to perform Because I know that if some of these players do not perform from now until the end of the season, they won't be here next season. You know, Buendia, we have to see assists. We have to see goals from now until the end of the season. We have to see them sort of getting the game by the scruff of the neck and, and driving us forward. Because I felt like when we were on top against Liverpool from that sort of 60 to 75 period, I felt like he went a bit missing and and he's one that I'm really wanting to do so well, but I've got a question like, where is he at times? And I think the stats back it up as well. Like we're not seeing enough from him. So I think assists, taking our chances, um, creativity, not missing big chances are definitely things that we can improve on. So Josh, where, where are you with improvement?
2: Yes, I raised a little smile when you said Buendia because for me, it's the two Bs, Buendia and Bailey. Um, Bottom line is, right, if you're uh, to be a successful team in in the Premier League, you have to have goals across the front three, right? So look at Arsenal, Saka, Martinelli. Gabriel Jesus went 10 games without scoring. yeah, uh, And that's their number nine, yet they're top of the league. Brighton, a team that's ahead of us, who we've beaten... They don't have a recognisable nine, but Trossard chips in with the goals. Uh, Gross chips in with the goals. So they share the goals around, and for me, that's a big issue because if Watkins, who seems to be the number nine, is having an off day in front of goal, you need other players to step in. And I and I and I'm thinking about Spurs, right? And I'm, and the opposition that we're playing on weekend. I think one of the the reasons why Spurs are struggling as such at the moment is because if you look at Hyung Min Son. And you look at Kuloveski, and I know Kulo's just come back from injury, but when it was Richarlison, those lads weren't chipping in with the goals like they were last season and the season before. So Spurs are finding themselves in that stagnated phase of they're having to really dig deep to come back. And you can see that there, that stat you're showing me now on there. Look, Rodrigo Bentecure and Hoiberg, who are their two centre-mids, are up there behind Harry Kane. Now, previous seasons before, Hyung min Son, yeah, would have been right up there. And and that, for me, is a is a big factor to be a successful team. Your front three have to share the goals. Salah, Mane, Firmino, when Liverpool were incredible. There you go, Josh.
0: Son's on 30.
2: That was last season, wasn't it?
0: Yeah.
2: So 21-22. So Son was on 30 goals and assists, right? And he's nowhere near those levels this year. And that's why Spurs are not really why people aren't looking at them. As a top four contender, um, and and that that for me is where you climb up the league, Luke. We have to share the goals amongst our front three, and I think Spurs, and that stat there proves it with, oh. with Son five. Uh,
1: so so interesting because as you were leading into this question, Luke, I was writing down exactly what you've just said. That you know the difference at Arsenal this season whilst Jesus has had a bit of a lead spell. I wrote down Martinelli, Jesus, Saka, three real key components to why they are doing so well and the biggest one for me this season the biggest improvement in any team this season Newcastle, and you look at Joe Linton and Almiron the yeah. two players that you know, laughing stocks almost for a lot of their career at Newcastle, now all of a sudden he's, he's he's getting the best out of both of them and they're both a threat every single game and then you add Wilson up top as your nine and all of a sudden you've got a front three are absolutely on fire now mm-hmm. whether they can carry that on to the end of the season. We'll we'll wait and see. But they're doing a damn fine job at the moment of of powering Newcastle up the top of the table. And that's ultimately, like the question you asked, Luke, was that's where we are lacking and that's where he has to assess it and and address it. You know, if he doesn't feel like the players we currently have in the squad are good enough to consistently score and assist week in, week out, when you can see positive performances like we did against Liverpool... as in attack-wise and chances created-wise, and you're just not seeing the fruits of those attacks and those that quality play bear out with goals and assists and, and, and results, then you have to assess the front line, don't you? You have to. That's that's where your priority lies, is, is ultimately putting the ball away. You know, we, we seem to be creating a lot more chances. Yeah. And I don't want to seem like I'm beating... Ollie Watkins constantly but again under a, another new manager he seems to have had the nod ahead of Danny Ings to be the front line main number nine striker so unfortunately for him he has to carry the burden of responsibility for putting the ball away and when you you, you, you miss nine good chances and you're not scoring had he scored ten up to now and then missed nine then that ratio is acceptable I think because he's getting into good positions but he is putting the ball away but you know, he scored the hardest chance he had against Liverpool, and he missed two fairly straightforward finishes, as did Leon Bailey, you know. So, yeah, it is a concern without doubt. You know, we know they're all good enough isolated games and isolated instances within games, scoring the odd goal here and there, good finishes. But it's consistency that's the key, you know. This is why Newcastle are currently riding higher in the top four. Their, Their main attackers are week in, week out doing the business for them, and we have to find that. Now, whether that's within the current squad. We'll wait and see.
0: Yeah, and that's sort of... That is the frustration, isn't it? It's the fact that we do create the chances. It's there to see that the chances are being created. And at times, against Liverpool, they were literally put on a plate. Like, they were just there. Just knock it in, tap it in. And, you know, so I think that's part of the frustration. And and for my part, it's just a want, to a willingness for them to do what I believe they can do, because I believe that we've got some good players here. But for whatever reason, it's just the consistency, the confidence. It's just, it's falling a little bit short for me. And, And we now know that we've got a manager with a track record of winning stuff, building teams that can win stuff. And the unfortunate thing for the players is you don't perform. You won't be here. So that's the bottom line. We've got wealthy owners who are showing their ambition on and off the pitch. You can't fault them. So this is where we're at, isn't it? You know, it's if they don't perform in the next six months, they won't be here next season, I don't think. And that that's just where I'm at. So um, transfer-wise then, Josh, we're approaching the transfer window. We've been... and I'd love to get your thoughts on this as well then, um, Josh, that we was linked with... Um, left backs uh today so where are you at what 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 are you thinking where do you think emory will want to bring someone in
2: it's yeah the left back one obviously threw me a little bit because obviously I, I get it um ashley young can't be seen as mr versatile and play left and right back you know <clears throat> that that that's a given but for me we we Uh, When you were talking there, I was just thinking the competition behind Wondi and Bailey isn't strong enough. So we talk, we look at Cody Gakpo just being signed by Liverpool. Yeah, and sorry, uh, this
0: uh, is why. This is why I don't think he made any changes on Sunday. Because when when we were on top and we were really on top, you, you could have thought, okay, maybe if we made a couple of changes, it might change our dynamic. But I don't think we had anyone to come on.
2: Look, Coutinho clearly is, is is not the answer or within that answer. So he isn't pushing Buendia or Bailey. Cam Archer clearly isn't being favoured, not going to push Buendia and Bailey. And Danny Ings, it's it's a striker you're asking to play in a different type of position. So the bottom line for me is I'd like another two wide men, inverted tens, whatever you want to call them, who literally, if Buendia has two, three games where he hasn't scored an assist, bang, you're out. He's in. Um, so they're the two for me. Um and people talking about the defence. I've got a lot of faith in the defence. I, I believe there's still I know people are a little bit worried about the space left behind, but that was you're coming up against Darwin Nunez, who was a real handful of his pace and direct running. I'm happy with the defence. Midfields doesn't need tinkering at all. It's the it's the front it's the front pressure for me. Um and ideally you sign people who are gonna start because that makes the competition what you don't want to go and do is sign another Jan Bednarak. Right. There's no point signing a lad that you know is gonna sit and keep the bench warm and when has a bad day, he'll come on. We we want starters, not not bench yeah. warmers getting split on their ass.
1: Justin? Yeah, I I agree. I um I've I have i have read sort of things today, rumours that the two lone lads, Augustinson and Bednarak, will be sort of released back early to their clubs, which I think is sensible. Um yeah. I think Young can cover both the fullback slots if needed. Uh, he's proved that this season. Um, Sanson, Nakamba, I think will be shipped out if they can get clubs to take them. Uh, I've put question marks over three more players. Um, Coutinho, what do we do with him? Has he got a long-term future? Will someone take him on? Which would release you know, a lot of money uh, wages-wise. Callum Chambers, potentially... Uh, with Diego Carlos coming back, you know, he, he's not going to get many minutes. I don't see. It uh, depends whether they want to do anything there, possibly not. And then uh, I, I'm I'm totally with Josh that the business end, the business has to be done up, up the business end of the pitch, doesn't it? The goal scoring end. And yeah. Archer for me goes out on loan. I think you either bring in, you either do the big deal now if you can get hold of somebody that you really, really like and go for an absolute. And I would only accept an absolute world class striker because I think we've got two more than adequate Premier League strikers already. So unless you're going in considerably better than Ings or Watkins, I don't think it's it's worth doing. Um, or you you keep Ings and Watkins for your nine, and, and they fight it out for that, and you go for two like you say inverted tens or attacking wide players or you know yeah. whatever you want to call them, uh, and improve where Bailey and 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 sort of Bueno currently playing give them both you Know people for, to competition of places for those two. Uh, it, it's very, very interesting. I only see one or two coming in, if I'm honest, because I think, like you, Josh, I only see us going for starters, and that's a pre that comes at a massive premium, especially where we're mm. heading now because we're sort of mid table now. So, to get us anywhere near that top four, you're looking at mm. 40. I mean, you've just seen Wolves spend 40, 50 million pounds on a sort of striker that, that scored 7 in 58. So that tells you how, how much it's going to cost to sign an absolute world-class striker. Um, so, yeah, I do see more outgoings than incomings. I see a bit of a rejig of the squad. I think back back line, I agree with you, is he's, he's, he's more than adequate. Midfield seems to be pretty much sorted, especially with Ramsey coming back in Cash is obviously going to come back in, and and we've got Emmy coming back at the back, which obviously will improve us, especially hopefully the weekend. But yeah, it's either two sort of attacking midfielders or or a top striker for me.
0: Spot on. I think I agree. I agree. So let's turn our attention now to Spurs. Uh, Let's have a little look at some of the stats going in there then. So we have played 54 times in the Premier League. We've won 15, drawn 15, lost 24. We've won six times away. Uh, Current form guide, Aston Villa have three wins out of five. Um, Spurs are a little bit up and down at the minute, aren't they? They're they're currently sitting in fourth. But whenever I think of Spurs at the minute, I don't think of a top four team for some reason. Uh, They are sitting fourth. This is our record in our... Last couple of games, we got absolutely battered at Villa Park. Um, I was at the game last season where it was 2 1. Um, I think Mora came on and and, and destroyed us in that game. Um, So, there's some of our last couple of results. Um, We're 12th, they're fourth. Average goals scored per match 1.1 for Villa, 2.1 for Spurs. Uh, Conceded 1.6 for Villa, 1.4 for Spurs. Uh, this is how Spurs lined up against Brentford, 3-4-3 three, three, or 5 at the back, whichever way you want to look at it. Um, but it's not really firing on all cylinders at the minute. I think they for some reason, keep giving teams a two-goal head start, one-goal head start, and, and then they have to sort of come back and turn it on and try and salvage some it from games. Uh, looks like Larice might be back, Benton Corr might be back as well. <laughs> Uh, Their average positions from this game against Brentford looked like this. So as you can see, fullback in Perisic and Doherty, really, really high, leaving a little bit of space here and here. Uh, But this worries me a little bit, Kane and Son. uh, We saw how much uh, Nunes and Salah uh, were able to sort of break through our high lines. So that area we need to work at. But I'm sure we'll be more than prepared for that because... Uh, We're just coming off the back of um, our high line being dismantled at times. So uh, that's how they've been lining up. Predominantly, Spurs have been attacking down both flanks and through the middle. So there's not one area where they predominantly attack down. Uh, This was the shot map against Brentford. So they're getting a lot of shots on, a lot of shots outside the box, a lot of shots inside the box. So we need to be uh, prepared to defend um, doggedly at times, but I think Emery will have a plan. I see us going there to stifle them early on, and I think we'll be playing on the counter-attack. I think, again, like Liverpool, it's important that we don't concede early. Uh, there's a little bit of discontent at Spurs at the minute with their style of play, with how they're playing, they're on Conte's back a little bit, Um They're not free-flowing enough, so if we can really go in there and sort of keep them quiet for the first 20, grow into the game, I think we can get something from this game. I think it will be a difficult one, but I think if we go in there with a game plan, like I say, keep them quiet. Bailey, I expect to have a big game on the counter attack if he can drift out wide when Deer needs to have a big game. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. So, Josh... How are you feeling?
2: Yeah, it's a tough one. Um, As we know, you know, going to to the London Stadium Spurs is is never easy. Um, uh, I really hope they start Yves Bussuma. I don't want to jinx it, but he is not fit in the Conte style of play. I watched the game against Brentford the whole game. um, And yeah, he is a weak link in that side. Another weak link for me is Matt Doherty. Um And also, so that's that sort of right-hand side, sort of your yeah, Luca Dean, uh, Buendia, those two have got a, I, I really feel like Luca Dean, we could see have a really strong game against Spurs, um, because I think, I think that is a weak side of them. Um And a big thing for me is that, again, I can't see Ollie Watkins not starting. I think he will start he can pull that back three around. They struggled that back three. It's not comfortable. Um, and, you know, if Ben Davis comes in as well and maybe replaces Jaffit Tanganga, I really fancy um, a lot of space between Buendia, Watkins and Bailey against Lengale, Eric Dyer, um, and Ben Davis if he comes in. Now, I know Lengale went off and they bought on Davison Sanchez. I don't rate him. But I believe Spurs' defence is their weakest point of their game. And I think we've got to hurt them. We've got, and, and the stats haven't lied this season. You're right. We need, I think we need to score first. I think we have to score first. Um, I wouldn't, I would love nothing better for us to score first, because I think that puts them in a, again, a really shaky position. The crowd could play a big part, Luke, if, if, if we get at them early and they're going a bit of not again, but look, we, we can't beat around a bush. We, we know the quality that they have going forward. And, um, We've got to be switched on. And look, the first Liverpool goal, I thought, you know, you think credit—they broke us down. Um, but you know, some of the other chances that that were created were, were sloppy and poor, as Emre sort of alluded to. People not doing their roles and responsibilities. Getting that four-four-two, make it difficult, suffocate Kane, suffocate Son, Um, and I and I think who knows. But yeah, it's. It, I, I was just looking, you know. Emery has not had an easy start to his life at Aston Villa. He's had a Manchester United top ten, Brighton top ten, Liverpool top ten, Spurs top ten. Right, you know these aren't his games. And I, 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 as you said, prepare game plan. But the big thing he said, and I took away from his interview, is the players now need to execute that game plan. He said they didn't quite. Some people went off piece in the first Mm. half, second half they executed, and so let's execute his game plan trust us to get
0: something. And that's and that's why he's yeah. such a good manager because if you execute what he tells you to do, you will get you will get something from the game. You'll either go on and win it or you'll get positive positive points. And I think when I think about Spurs when I was watching them against Brentford, the way that Richner moved the ball is very slow. Do you know what I mean? It was so slow. Um so I feel like if we can if we do that to them, then I really think we can get something from the game. I think Tony and Umbremo, you know, when they were just coming di- a bit deeper, getting those pockets, so they, they were literally causing chaos. And I think if Brentford hadn't have sort of sat back for so long, they'd have won that game. You know, they just yeah. got deeper and deeper and sat back, and and they just stopped doing the stuff that they were doing to to get stuff to get the goals basically. So, yeah, I'm with you. I think you make that massive point about executing what Unai Emery is telling them to do. You know, if they do that, they win the game. So, Justin, um, how are you feeling?
1: Yeah, I think it's it, it's a key point, really, learning the Emery way, isn't it? And you, you can't do it overnight, can you? This is, like say, so, what, fourth, fifth game in the league, competitive, real top games against good, good opposition. And I think the more that they they do do what he says, the more they will trust that, you know what, you know, we've got a proper manager here that we've just got to trust what he says to us is, is the way to do it and go out and execute it on the pitch. And the more they do that and the more the results come, the more confidence will build, you know, and, and it'll become a unit, won't it? A real slick unit. Spurs is a very tough game to go. You know, it's a tough place to go. They've come off the back of a dodgy performance. They're going to want a home game to really banish the cobwebs of the of the break. They've got quality all over the pitch. You know, it's going to be tough going to get anything from there. But for me, we've got to win the midfield battle. And I potentially see Ramsey, if fit, and it's a big if because he's missed a bit of the, you know, the break, could potentially come in for maybe Buendere and stiffen up sort of that. Midfield, because he's got the ability to get forward and run at people and take people on. We've seen that. So that could be an option. Um, but I think Louise McGinn... And Kamara, for me, are the key three players in this game um, because they've got to get into them and they've got to stop that ball into Kane. They've got to make Kane come deeper and deeper and deeper like he likes to. When things aren't going the spurs his way, you'll see Kane dropping into almost the sixth role, trying to play as quarterback, you know, dictating play. We've seen Son's stats this season, you know, I'm not tempting fate, but he's not, Half as prolific as he was last season. So whereas last season I'd you know I'd be a little bit more concerned with Kane dropping deep because Son was literally Mm. burying everything that was coming his way. That's not happened this season. So I think for me we've got to dominate the midfield. We've got to get on the ball. We've got to slow it down to an extent. Um, We've got to make sure we get in the faces. We've got to be first to every ball, every knockdown. We've got to press high like we saw in a couple of those you know games during the. I can't want to say pre-season, It wasn't preseason, was it? Uh, Pre restart, we'll call it, where we pressed really, really high. You know, it's going to be a very fascinating game. It is, you know, and potentially Larice versus Emmy again if Emmy's back, which could be another interesting side side yeah, yeah. Uh, hustle of the game. Yeah, uh, I like Holberg, Holberg, Sorry, I think he's, he's a good player. I love Perisic as well. I think he's a top top player. So they've got quality all over the pitch, but they're certainly. And not unbeatable, and and like you say, the back three, they're not great. I don't think I've never particularly rated um, Eric Dyer, uh, and they're playing sort of round pegs in square holes in in the other two sort of centre half spots. Nobody else can nail down a, a spot in that back three. So we've got to be positive. We've got to be brave. We've got to go with the game plan, which we all know we will because we've got a good manager, and we've got to go and execute it and and play well, and, and hopefully get the first goal, and and then you know, not hold on but but be positive again and just try and stop them from playing.
0: Twenty twenty two draws to an end, doesn't it? Um well well wow, that's we're playing on New Year's Day, aren't we? So twenty twenty three, let's start mm. with a bang and start, start as we start as we mean to go on. Uh I'll just pray to God that we just do well. So um yeah so that's all from us now. Uh, thanks for watching our match preview. Um, and, yeah, let's have some scores then. I'm going to go with... going to go 1-1. I'm going 1-1. Um, I'm feeling a goal from a defender as well for some reason. Not sure why, but, yeah. Uh, Josh? 2-0.
1: 2-0. 2 Desmond, Justin? Yeah, I'm going to go two all as well. It's the scoreline. I'm thinking, you know, I'm, I'm, I, love a, I love a positive prediction, but it's a very tough place to go. And I think if if we came away with a two all draw, I think we'd all be pretty happy with that going into uh, the new year uh, with games to come. That hopefully we can get points yeah. from. So yeah, two all. Yeah,
0: and like Josh said, the start that Emmy's that had, a lot of top teams and. <sighs> we've been in every single game haven't we we was yep, we've won team. the two before we were well in the game against liverpool so i'm excited to see what the future now holds so we will be back for our predicted lineup and all the other content that we do so uh, yeah plenty more from us before we play uh, against spurs as well so cheers for watching and up the villa
1: up the villa up.